0: Have you ever had a hunch about something or you saw something and you went, gosh, somebody needs to make that or fix that or do something about that. There's like this unmet need. Well, a lot of times data isn't available for that hunch or for that unmet need. And a lot of great business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs over the years have just gone with their gut, gone with a hunch, and it's worked out spectacularly. And I think that there are qualities of people who have those hunches that that do come up with winners. And on this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, we visit with Bernadette Jiwan. She's done a bunch of research on this idea of a hunch and has a book called Hunch Turn your everyday insights into the next big thing. And I think there's some tremendous lessons and some tremendous exercises in this thinking. So check it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Bernadette Jiwa. She is a recognized global authority on the role of story in business, innovation, and marketing, and the author of five best-selling books on marketing and brand storytelling. And today we are going to talk about her newest book called "Hunch Turn." Your everyday insights into the next big thing. So, Bernadette, uh, welcome back.
1: Thanks, John. It's a thrill to be back talking to you.
0: So, essentially, what we're talking about now is using intuition to make decisions. Is that, did I sum the whole book up?
1: You summed it up really well.
0: So, so how does that play when you go in and talk to somebody and say, just trust your gut? Yeah. um, I mean, that, that's kind of, that's another, I don't know if that translates uh, to Australia, but that's a very common US, you know, uh, idea of, of business owners making decisions just kind of on, on a hunch, uh, as you've put in the title. I mean, how do you sort of crystallize that idea and make it more than just luck?
1: Well, there are a couple of things, John, that I want to start with, which is, you know, you're not ignoring data. It's just that there are different kinds of data. There are data all around us. And, you know, people who, um, like a Jeff Bezos or a Howard mm. Schultz, they're not ignoring data. They're just possibly not looking at historical data or data in the sense that we think about, which is in a spreadsheet. So there is a piece to it which is um, noticing problems, noticing what's happening and and that shouldn't be and noticing what's not happening that should be and looking at patterns with practice. There are three traits that I've, in my research, noticed uh, and uncovered that these kind of entrepreneurs have and they're curiosity, empathy and imagination. So it's not just a lucky guess. Mm-hmm. It's not just a case of look, crystal ball gazing or predicting which numbers are going to come up in the lottery this weekend. Uh, it's a little bit more nuanced than that.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought data up because um, I, I think that some of the, the biggest hunches, if you will, actually either didn't have data to inform them or they kind of said, you know what, the data's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Would you agree? I mean, in some of it, you have uh, a load of examples in there, and it seems to me like in a number of the examples, they kind of said, "You know what? I see this differently."
1: well let's think about one example you know there's plenty of common ones you know the big Mm -hmm. ones the you know the apples the ubers the facebook's the googles no data for those you know they had they just had to go with their guts that they were onto something but one of the examples in the book um, is the woman who invented uh, disposable diapers she went to the manufacturers and said look you know, this is what's happening. You know, they, what we've currently got is a solution that's not working, it's leaking, it's giving babies nappy rash. And what they said to her was, we don't need this product, we don't want this product. Um, people are buying our product and mm. and they're really happy with it. Well, there was no alternative. So of course they were buying the product. So we can, you know, we can look at data and skew it, if you like, yeah, to,
0: sure. to our worldview. Yeah, that's interesting because there are a lot of industries. The one that I like to pick on all the time is the newspaper industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how, you know, they were the, the classified ads were, that was their cash cow. And, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, nobody was going to take that away from them. And, you know, you look up today and they, and they don't even exist, um, anymore, or, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe you're a mere shell because of Craigslist and, you know, other things that came around. So I want my, my question in that is then, do you constantly need to be kind of applying this idea to what could happen, you know, regardless of where we are today?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a couple of things. You're looking for what's going on right now, uh, pa- looking at the patterns that you're seeing around you, and that takes practice. So mm-hmm. it's not just, I've seen this today, um, you know, I, I think I'm onto something. It's, okay, I, that's interesting. I'm going to keep looking at that and 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 see and and keep digging there, and then also you know the thing about entrepreneurship is you have to take a leap by definition into the unknown. You have to do something that you're not quite certain of. We've fallen into this trap of I think of relying on data, almost using it as a crutch right. in in all kinds of ways in our, in our marketing and our innovation to. <laughs> I guess you mitigate against um, having being wrong.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, certainly a lot of business leaders uh, lean on the data to to not have to actually make that risky decision.
1: Mm. And every every decision comes with risk, absolutely every one. Uh, I read something recently, and I put this in the book Late, which was, um, somebody said when they saw Elon Musk doing something incredible again and it's succeeding. You know, the greatest strength, uh, Elon Musk's greatest strength is that he's fearless. And absolutely not. He's not fearless. He, You can't similarly be invested in something and not care about it in the same breath. Uh, it's not that he's fearless. It's just that he's practiced at... Um, taking those leaps that perhaps other people wouldn't take. And sometimes they work.
0: Well, so let's stay there for a minute because obviously you have a lot of examples of people that did this and it worked, but I would suggest there are probably millions and millions of examples of people that did this and it was a miserable failure.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) And the same with the same with data driven innovation. Um, you know, making predictions in the election didn't uh, in the U.S. election didn't work out, even though we had a lot of data. Um, I, I, I there's a story I didn't include in the book, which I should have done, um, regarding that one. Just a couple of weeks before the election, my husband and I were visiting New York. He was at a behavioral summit where people like Nate Silver and mm-hmm. um, Nobel laureates and super clever academics were speaking about the election and saying, you know, it was 99% certain that Hillary, they didn't say 99, but it was that there was a high probability that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. And the day after the event, we were uh, taking a walk outside the Rockefeller Center and we met a guy selling hats emblazoned with the um, names of the candidates. And he said to us, you know, Trump's going to win this by a landslide." And we looked at him as though he was crazy. And he said, I cannot stock, keep stock of these Trump hats. They're just selling like hotcakes. And he was having conversations with people on the street. There was data in those stories. Mm-hmm. And we missed it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, can people get better at this? So, in other words, can can somebody say, oh, okay, I need to – I need to, you know, use this kind of mindfulness and and curiosity and empathy. Um, I mean, is that something you could teach uh, a business leader, and entrepreneur? You think?
1: I teach my clients this all the time. I invite them to do this all the time. Uh, one of the case studies in the book it was one of my clients who was opening a cafe uh, in London, and he went and visited seventy different locations looking for his uh, site he also sat in cafes and observed what people did in cafes and it's very tempting to say okay our cafes are going to be about the best coffee and the best food and he said you know a lot of the time the kind in the kinds of cafe he was thinking about opening what people want is good wi-fi and you know nice reclaimed wooden table so i i think a lot of the time, we fall in love with our own idea, and we sort of run with it without thinking deeply and caring about the people who are going to adopt it and use it, and who it's going to become meaningful to.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. I think in some of those instances where they do a great job with that, the coffee, like the coffee being good, is almost just like a bonus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think that there are you? You mentioned some of the qualities that that. Come into play here, do you think there are people that are just naturally better at those qualities? I mean, there definitely are people that are more curious than other people. Mm.
1: Um,
0: what I'm trying to I get you to say is women are better at this. That's what I'm trying to get you
1: to say. Are you trying to say that
0: well <laughs> i' I'm, I'm wondering it,
1: it you know people have tried to go down that rabbit hole. I don't yeah, yeah. think it's I don't think there's an excuse for men to to use that as a cop-out the people that we've been talking about the elon mosques of the world some yeah. people would say he's not empathetic he's a genius but at some point he has to be thinking about the kind of man who wants to or or person should i say who wants to buy a tesla right. uh, when when they were especially when they were developing the high-end sports cars. You know, who's the person who's going to buy this car with the budget? What would they want? How do they want to feel when they get in the car? Otherwise, they don't obsess in the way that they do about those tiny details. Um, I have intentionally included a lot of uh, examples in the book of female entrepreneurs because I think we don't do enough of that. People are tired of the age-old examples of Uber and Apple and um, Airbnb and Warby Parker, of course. I've told stories about them in my previous books and they're fantastic companies too. Um, and I think there's also room to tell stories about smaller ideas. And you don't have to be a billion-dollar unicorn to,
0: or, or aspire to do that to... Come up with a breakthrough idea or a successful idea. You even reference a a model for acquiring maybe the skills to do this—the Dreyfus skill acquisition. Model. So, yeah. tell us how, because because I do know that some people need something academic like that. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, the the thing about the Dreyfus model, the reason I put that in there was just to show people that the the last two levels where we get to mastery uh, in any skill. He, he quite neatly put intuition in there as as one of the uh, attributes, mm-hmm. one of the things that, you know, are part of that. So if people want to Google the model, it's it's freely available. They can have a look at it on there and, and just see how, how Dreyfus has laid it out. It's interesting. It was interesting to me, though, to see in an academic model that, you know, intuition came into play. And the other thing... Um, Probably to mention is that intuition's gotten a really bad rap lately because of the great research of behavioral economists like Daniel Kahneman mm-hmm. um, because what what he and his colleague have pointed out is that it you know our intuition can be flawed when it comes to making decis- decisions. and on the flip side of that, someone like Kahneman, cannot do the work that he does without starting somewhere and and he begins with a hunch and what was lovely when I was doing my research for this book was I found so many quotes from scientists from Einstein to Stephen Hawking about making intuitive leaps and having to trust your intuition and how intuition was more powerful than, than other things or how it influenced their work. So even scientists whose job it is to find proofs start with a hunch.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the duct tape marketing podcast. If you like this one, you might also like my other podcast, the consulting spark where I interview independent marketing consultants and agency owners, talk about how they built their business and the struggles they face and what they love about being in this business so you can check it out at duct tape marketing com. I am read a Quote, I'm going to get it wrong and I'm going to attribute it to Jeff Bezos, which may be wrong as well. But I think it's, it, it applies here is uh, they were talking about this idea of coming up with innovation and, and oh. constantly coming up with ways to optimize what you do and essentially said that the key ingredient was that you had to actually care about the people you mm-hmm. were doing it for. And, mm. and, and, and I think that that, you know, really applies to this idea of, especially when you're, you're thinking about somebody meeting an unmet need. I mean, I guess in some cases they just they go and they try to find something they can't find it. It's like wait, <laughs> there's an unmet need here. But there a lot of times they're innovating. People are innovating things out of you know thin air to because they've discovered an unmet need that you know that, that requires them to sort of care <laughs> deeply about mm-hmm. the people they're trying to serve. And I think that a lot of ways that might be the essence of what you're talking about.
1: Well, Jeff Bezos famously uh, keeps an empty chair at his meetings and and says to his team, that's the the chair for the customer. He puts empathy front and center in everything that he does. And when you think about the the decisions that he's made, they – they point to that. They point to understanding what it is people are struggling with, and what's uh, you know what those unmet needs are, and, and uh, filling those gaps.
0: Yeah, you, you you do have to get like inside their home and inside their closets and you know that kind of stuff to really get that level of empathy, I think, almost.
1: And is some of the people? Let's think about one of the examples, which is. Uh, Harry's, or, or, or the shaving, the subscription mm-hmm. shaving brand. Those guys realized how hard it was to get a good razor, how how much you were paying for it. Similarly, with Dollar Shave Club, how much are we paying for this product, and it doesn't work. It's mm-hmm. it, you know, it really sucks. Mm-hmm. What what's going on here? And you know, they were using that product every day. They were talking to their friends about you know razor burn and. All of the other things that um, you don't have to be a woman to know about these guys could be empathetic and curious and imaginative uh, and intuitive
0: so other than what you already referenced this idea that that you know it gets sometimes intuition gets a bad rap so that clearly that reputation maybe holds people back from embracing this idea. Is there anything else that holds people back from fully embracing this idea of, of hunches and intuition, in particularly in the entrepreneurial setting?
1: Fear. Fear of uncertainty, fear of being wrong. You know, we've been conditioned for a long time um, not to want to say, I don't know, when we were kids, when we were three years old, we, we were quite happy to admit we didn't know things. We asked questions all the time, which is also part of being a successful entrepreneur, mm-hmm. it's asking questions. N- now, it's, it's really n- not a good thing to, as you grow older, to say, I don't know, because knowledge is currency. You, you, uh, if you get all the right answers on the test... You uh, go to the best college, have the best uh, chance of the best job and the best life and you win. So therefore, when you're a leader, when you get to the point where you're a leader in an organization or when the buck stops with you, it's very difficult to say, you know, I'm not sure about this. Um, I don't know if it's the right answer, but let's give it a shot.
0: Yeah, and that's. That is interesting, because I'm sure a lot of leaders suffer from the, the belief, at least, that, well, I'm I'm supposed to have all the answers. <laughs> you know, So mm-hmm. I can't go down to the front line and, and start yeah. asking the people that probably do have the answers <laughs> what they mm-hmm. think.
1: <laughs> I listened to an interview with Ron Johnson yesterday. Uh, he, he, as you know, he was the guy who helped Steve Jobs conceive the Apple stores, and he was telling this story, again, I've, I've heard it before, about, you know, they were – deep into uh designing the apple stores and he just said to steve you know i think i think we've got it wrong we're we're um we're designing around products instead of experiences instead of what people want to do in the stores and he said steve went off and won and then went away and they went into a restaurant and uh, rent sorry went into a meeting that afternoon and steve said ron says we've got this wrong and he's right um you know for to have the courage to to go up to Steve and say, "You know, I'm not sure, but I think we've got this wrong. He wasn't sure he wasn't certain, but to have the courage to do that uh, is a mark of a leader,
0: yep absolutely, so you have exercises in the book. you want to share a couple like if if somebody's saying okay, give me give me a sense of." what i would have to work on if i were going to do this you want to share an exercise or two that you would give my listeners an assignment
1: so one of the the biggest the first assignment is to put your phone away some of the time um you know if you're at an airport waiting for a flight you look around you in the lounge and there is not one single person who's not on a device and it's it's tempting to try and optimize our lives, hundred percent of the time, and actually, what we're doing there is stopping ourselves from being creative and innovative. So that's their first assignment. The second assignment is to ask these questions when you're looking around you or in your own business. It, it, you know, these questions don't even apply to new innovations. They can just be what's current in your business, so what's happening that shouldn't be and what's not happening that should be. So if you think about any innovation from Uber to the iPhone to um, the GoPro camera to Tesla cars and um, anything you can think of, they all started with that premise, you know, what's not happening that should be or what's happening that, um, that shouldn't be. So those are the three things. Put your phone away, ask those two questions, and practice.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Bernadette. Speaking with Bernadette Jiwa, author of Hunch, turn your everyday insights into the next big thing. So do you get to the States very often these days, Bernadette?
1: I'm just back from the states. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah, just back from the states. Had a had a really great trip. I I get to the states a lot, and what's lovely for me is I've got a, a an, as you do an international audience. You've got you've got uh, people listening in Australia, and I've got people, uh, a lot of people in the states and in the UK and all over the world. Which is that's the fabulous thing about the digital world we live in.
0: Yes, it is. Well. I uh, typically end this uh, show every week uh, for those of you that listen and say, you know, hope to see you out there on the road. But uh, I haven't made it to Australia yet, so I'll have to do that. I know.
1: Lots of people are trying to get you here. You know, even Seth Godin's been here once. you got to come, John, and he
0: hates flying. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, thanks, okay. again. thanks again, Bernadette, and uh, great, great work on the book. It was great to talk to you. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help, and I promise I read each and every one. Thanks.